Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Win Today podcast. My name is Ryan Cass, and I am your host. Our mission is to inspire people to win today by connecting with amazing leaders and sharing amazing stories. We're here for episode number 12 and joined by Sean Lowry, the CEO of Lowry Brands. In addition, podcast host of the Sean Lowry Show. Sean, been following you for a long time. Love what you're doing. You're a freaking hustler. And thanks so much for being here, man. I'm ready to win today. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I love the I love the uh, whole premise of your podcast. Great stuff, and I'm excited to chat with you, Ryan. Let's let's get after it. Let's win today with this podcast. So first off, Lowry Brands parent company under Lowry Brands, you've got United Monograms, which Correct. is a seven-figure e-commerce business, rapidly growing. Uh, featured in today and also noted at, by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing private companies in the United States. Killer. Congrats uh, on that. That that deserves a little applause you. there. Um, now, when I think of monograms, and sorry if I'm offending anyone here, but I think <laughs> of, you know, sororities. I think of <laughs> the stickers on the back of uh, cars. I think of a lot of uh, Southern women. Yep. I don't think of a guy running the business. <laughs> so fun question here is just what's the funniest reaction that you receive when you tell people you run a monogram business, <laughs> a wildly successful um, monogram business, mind you. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, my wife gets a lot of credit. Uh, we started together, but I mean, the funniest thing that I tell people is that I do a lot of the, like the copy, like I'll do a Facebook post that we're going to use for an ad and, and I'll write like, uh, that you look, you look so great in this pink shirt. Like you look so beautiful. Like you look so cute in it. Uh, you know, get order one today. Like I write a lot of like the, uh, the subject lines and the copy and it's, and it's like very girly pink heart emoji, double pink heart, the shopping bag emoji. Like I can communicate, uh, like through copy by writing with, uh, like to girls. So it's just funny if, if a lot of them knew, um, a lot of the audience knows who I knows who I am. Cause me and my wife, we do like a live show on Wednesdays, but yeah, it's kind of like a different zone for me when I'm like in marketing mode for, for that. Cause I have to be a little, a bit, a little bit speaking to the audience, which isn't maybe my natural tone. Uh, but yeah, I love the girls. I love, I love our, our customers and, uh, you know, maybe we can spread monograms to men, but, uh, we got a great niche with it. Maybe I did. I did see on the website. I mean, it, there's actually a monogram etiquette section, which I found interesting. And then it shows the rules for, uh, married couples. So, you know, there is yep. a way for, for men to be involved in the monogram game, but, um, I guess, I guess there's no rules saying they can't have uh monogrammed gear. Yeah. Well, you, so you're, you live in Charleston, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. Maybe, uh, once I get the studio set up for guests, you can come, come visit the studio. Cause I'm in Charleston too. Uh, but I moved here about six or seven years ago from Philly and the monogram thing kind of found us. I never, we started selling clothing and all this stuff, but when we found this niche, uh, I didn't really know what they were. I was like, why is the last name in the middle? Because if people listening don't know, a monogram <laughs> is first name. And then the second letter is the last name. And that's the biggest. And then the third is the maiden name or middle name. Um, and, the, and the biggest letters in the middle. It's a very uh, like specific niche. And, and, and now that we've kind of like, you know, kind of conquered it, we're trying to start some trends that uh, maybe don't already exist. But the 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 monogram culture has kind of been baked in and it's definitely very Southern on Google mm -hmm. analytics. When we see, I see like a map of the country and all the people shopping on the site. Uh, it's like always concentrated like uh, in the South. So yeah. 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 And I'm sure yeah. you've got plans to, you know, expand that across the entire U yeah. S you want everyone repping United monograms and for sure getting their, getting their monogram gear. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, when I first got to high school, cause I grew up in Southern California and okay. monograms were, were not a thing out there. And then no. moving out, you know, to, um, just outside of Charlotte, small town, Fort Mill, South Carolina in 04, 
I was, you know, like, what the hell are all these big letters on people's cars? Yeah. Man? And then who knows, you know, in, look here 10 years later now, or sorry, no, 17 years later now, um, <laughs> you know, talking to you and you're running right. one of the biggest monogram companies in the country. So I love the fact that, uh, you know, you're, you're super involved in it and in, in the writing. I, d- I didn't know that I d- wouldn't <sighs> guess that you would do that either, but, um, yep. you're no stranger to t-shirts though. I listened to an interview of yours, Sean, uh, fairly recently on T-shirt millionaires, and mm-hmm. you know you were asked about you know how you got your start, and you quickly discovered that corporate wasn't for you after college. Like you know what, Mm-mm. I'm starting my own business. Screw this. Uh, you actually left hot, hot coffee on your desk, if I remember the story correctly. <laughs> That's um, right. So can you can you talk about you know? just your start into the business world and the t-shirt making business itself. Yeah. I mean, I always said I wanted to be a millionaire when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't really know what it meant. And as I became like 19, I started reading and uh, I found out that like one of the most best ways to be successful is to start your own business. So I started thinking, okay, start my own business, start my own business. I graduated college and I always knew I wanted to start my own business. And, uh, I didn't really know what I, I didn't know what kind of business I didn't know what I, I didn't had I still had a lot to learn about myself. Um, so I quit my job. Yeah. Just like I did it for like two, two months, two or three months. One day I was just like, I can't go one more day. I don't care what the consequences <laughs> are. I got up from my desk on Monday morning. So like, you know, I went through the weekend, I went to work on Monday, sat there for like 20 minutes, literally just walked out. Uh, yeah. Like left coffee on the desk, went, uh, back to my house. My mom was pissed. Uh, and I was, it was like one of the most rewarding days of my life. Cause I was like, let's go, let's go. No excuses going forward. I had, mm-hmm. uh, I had like put into myself all the information that I need to know about mindset and it's going to be a struggle. It's not going to be easy. I'm gonna have to make some sacrifices, all that stuff. So t-shirts, I don't know. I had a friend who, um, lived nearby who was an artist and we were good friends and I just graduated college. So like I was still friends with people from my fraternity. I still knew some of the guys uh, that were still in the fraternity. So I was like, all right, we could probably like sell them some shirts that could be somewhere to start. And then like, you know, I know some people in there. So I just started, I, I got out of press and I was like, I have to pick a business. Like I can't just be one of these people who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do this and this and never like, I was like, I don't know why shirts. I don't know. It's a product. You can sell it. Like everyone wears it. I just, and I just was like, uh, confidently like, let's go, let's figure out this, whatever this is. So I got like a a press, like a little t-shirt press, my mom's basement. It was ridiculous. Uh, and that's how I, I've obviously uh, pivoted and evolved a lot uh, from there, but I'm still selling shirts. Like just at a bigger scale. So I just picked it and and then, and then I was in it and then I was in the game and then I just kept learning and evolving. I love it. So success story from mom's basement literally <laughs> so literally, question yeah. you know if you're in your, even in your bio here like people called you t-shirt boy all my friends like my family friends like it's just not, not a lot of people have the balls to to do something like this and most of the people that do it's like a short little stint and uh they were like Oh yeah, I'm sure you're gonna become a millionaire out of your mom's basement, a little t- like a little t-shirt boy. Like, yeah, why don't you go sell a million dollars, make a million dollars selling t-shirts? And like, it just looks so ridiculous at the time. I'm just this idiot with no job in my mom's basement with this crappy little press, like, can barely produce anything. So yeah, I took some uh, some heat from friends and family and people who knew me, and I and I didn't mind at all. I enjoyed it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And now now you're like, bet, out the <laughs> mic. Um, yep, question. So, yep. so t-shirts was so like, was that the first thing that popped in your mind, Sean? Like that was literally, you went to t-shirts because you're like, ah, mm, t-shirts, or did you ever consider any other type of product like hats or no? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so, we sell all kinds of stuff now, but it's mostly shirts and like sweatshirts. And I mean, we sell all kinds of stuff now, but hats, but yeah. What was I guess that's it. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, you had the vision, you're like, okay, t-shirts, boom. 
And it wasn't just, yeah, I've seen that too, right? A lot of people, oh, I'm going to start something. Maybe it's a, a one or two, three month thing or even week thing, whatever. Um, and then, and then it goes away, but here we are, this is how many years now since that original, it's about, about probably 2000, it's like nine, eight or nine years ago. And United monograms itself is how old? Uh, like six years old. Six. Okay. So the t-shirt, what was your first t-shirt design? And, <laughs> you know, talk about like, what was it like when you made your first sale like is that when it became real to you and you're like holy smokes like i'm i'm freaking in now like when did it become real uh, it was a hell of a journey all right so i always wanted to like start some type of brand my friend was like yo we need to make some money let's like sell back to the teens and the groups and stuff like that and i was like all right so my uncle's company bought some we sold back to uh, my old fraternity we made a sale to like some sorority girls uh, that we knew made their shirts by the way the shirts were all terrible like they came out in the wash like we did not, we did not have like the proper production, like production. Like it was so embarrassing. They were so bad. Like we would help them make the design. That was part of the business. Cause my friend was an artist. Like we made a good design Then we print them in the basement and like, we didn't have the proper heat. We didn't have the proper settings. Like we didn't do like an underbase for whiting, which is like important and all this stuff. Uh, so it was bad, but, um, stuck with it. Got a, like a rented out a place in Philly where we put like a bigger press. Eventually I learned that I didn't like the business model of, uh, like B2B, like uh, selling, especially with shirts. Cause like someone will call you, see what they can get the price at. You have to talk to them, go back and forth with them for a couple of days. Then they go with someone else who's like cheaper. Like I wasn't like that attracted, not to mention it's like local, like uh, it's kind of limited to your, to your area in a way for like 500 shirts. I get like people want to pick them up. Like it was kind of like a localized business. It's, it was too little, too small minded for me. Um, so like six, eight months I was doing this, uh, it was actually called Ponji Studios. I don't know, man. And uh, we we sold, that was like the business model. So then I kind of like was just struggling, like no money going through that. Like we had, a, we probably had like, I think I think I remember saying to sound fancy that we had like $30,000 in revenue from that business over six uh-huh. months, which was like, <laughs> it was like eight, 10 jobs and they, it was made no money um, and all the hours of labor and all that. Uh, so then eventually the next thing I did was, um, I had this like Twitter account and I'm a fan of Notre Dame football. I'm just one of those guys, like my grandpa was an Irish Catholic guy. He was like, like Notre Dame. And I grew the account. Um, I would just tweet on like game days and stuff like that. And I, and I grew the account to like, eight, uh, I think it was like 60, 70,000 followers. And as like, I was doing that, like meanwhile, and then as the, I started to hate that business, I kind of had a click and I was like, Hmm, I have this t-shirt equipment. I have this big audience let me try to like sell some shirts to uh, this audience, these Notre Dame uh, like fans that I have on this account. Cause it's very like a lot of engagement on the account. Yeah. And that, that was my first aha moment. So like I, I I was, I got a Shopify store. I sold online. I learned about shipping out products. I would go like print them, bring them back to my mom's basement. And, uh, and then I would like have the certain sizes and I would like literally drive over to the post office and like, if I had like 12, I was bringing to the post office. I felt like Jeff Bezos. I was like, yeah, I was amazing. about to say, this made me think of Bezos bringing books yeah, to the store, man. Yeah. Right. Right. So at that point in time, I fell in love with, Ooh, like I would, I, on my Shopify app, I'd wake up in the morning and I would like see how many sales I had, like while I was sleeping. And I was like, and I didn't have to talk to any of those people. Like I just had to send out the link. They'd come to the website, <clears throat> check out, put in their credit card, uh, I know then I have the order in the queue. Like I liked that so much more. I liked the, it seemed just so much more scalable to me. So that's when I started falling over the e-commerce and selling online. And, um, what did I have to sell shirts? Cause I already had kind of the setup to, to print them a little bit. And I had, I'd improved a little bit at that point, as far as how well to make them and stuff like that. Um, now the Notre Dame account was a big success. This was 2012 and they were in the national championship that year. Yep. I remember I had one that was like 2012 and oh, uh, it got essentially got shut down for copyright infringement at, at the uh, at towards the end of the, after the season, and they lost the national championship game and they got killed. And I was like, all right, that was a good run. They didn't take any money or anything. It was just like I, I didn't even argue. Like there's no you know, more shirts. It, yeah. yeah, well, no more Notre Dame. No, but right. I, but I but I fell in love with that model. So then I created this other account, and it was it got up to like ninety thousand followers. It was easier to like grow Twitter accounts then. But uh, it was called like, it was about America. It was like our free America. And it was just like, 
red, white, and blue. Like it was just like generic, like patriotic, like politics weren't even that important back then. It was like non-political, just like red, white, and blue, like patriotic stuff. And um, then I started around 4th of July selling like all these like patriotic designs and that was called United Tees. And that was when I like, I was able to like get my own little like office building that I basically lived in. I mean, not a building, just like a little room that I rented out. Uh, I still had a shower at my mom's basement. Uh, but that was when I had like, I was like, whoa, this is definitely, I'm past the point of like a little, a little blip. Like I had year round, like revenue, like 30,000 a month. Um, wow. Like yeah. it felt great. Like I felt like such an entrepreneur. I was able to fill up my full tank of gas. I was able to like buy a couple things. Like it was a credible feeling because I'd just been broke. Like, five dollars at the gas tank for so long grinding mm-hmm. sweating away um so i i've really learned a lot about shipping fulfillment e-commerce ads selling and uh those and were are you doing this all yourself to today were, were, you, were yeah. you still like solo damn wow yeah well my my then my now wife then girlfriend uh she was a kindergarten teacher and like if, if she wanted to be with me i actually like broke up with her for a week before i like really got into this because i was like i'm going full <laughs> into this like it's not going to be like a steady yeah. she was down for it and um so she actually kind of got involved started making some like girls designs kind of helped me a little bit just because like that's what we would do on the weekends and at the end of the day and she was good she has a good eye for like design and stuff so she started adding some girls products on you on you uh on united tees and then she made and but she didn't like the site because it was a little too like guy she wanted her own pink like girly site so she made an Etsy store and started selling. It was called like the American girl. And it was like kind of just more pinky, more like girly, more uh, girls clothes. And that's where uh, people started asking for monograms. And we didn't really know what they were. We were like, Because you're still up in Philly at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's not really a thing there yet, right? Not, no. I mean, it's, I mean, it was, but like, it's just very prominent in the South. Like yeah, I probably, yeah, yeah. I was just a guy. I didn't, I didn't really know. Um, <laughs> and she didn't really know either. But we found out more about this. She convinced me to get this $500 like embroidery machine, like an at-home embroidery machine. And I was like, all right, like, I don't know about this, but I'm, I'm open to it. And uh, then we started selling more monograms on, on Etsy. Then, we, then on United Tees, we made another section and we called it United Monograms. And uh, then that started taking off. And then we made our own site for United Monograms. So then like one year, it was like 50-50 sales. And we could tell though that the monograms was like really taken off. So that's when we decided to move. We moved to Charleston, one, because we wanted to move somewhere warm. All our friends were always at, asking us to like hang out. And like, we were so into the entrepreneur world that it's one of the boldest things I've ever done. I just moved to like get away from everyone I know just so I can focus like every second on my business. And uh, Charleston was warmer than Philly. We were sick of the snow and the, and the parallel parking on a ice on a hill. And uh, also, you know, Charleston's like a, a, a prominent it's a great place to be. Like, so, yeah. Southern city. Southern. Right, so we right. thought, you know, if our packages were being shipped from like Charleston, South Carolina, that was very authentic towards like the Monograms brand. Mm. Uh, so that's why we chose Charleston. We went down there, knew no one, rented a small apartment. We're shipping out of our house for a little bit, found a building. The next year it was like 60% United Monograms, 40% United Tees. The next year it was like 80, 20. Now it's like, uh, I mean, 99.9% United Monograms. And uh, we've really focusing on this business, taking off. Uh, we have a 22,000 square foot building that we just got. It's massive. And um, that was kind of like the, the progression incredible now yeah and actually i want to bring up a story because you know i was just doing all my re- as much research as i could on the brand and you know i like to be as as well informed as i possibly can before i ever interview anyone and um i found something it was either on your website or one of the old websites but yeah your your girlfriend now wife um you know as you mentioned was a teacher and then decided to quit and help out but she mentions on this article that you know, she was taking sick days as a teacher to help out with yeah. shipping and whatnot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. She was the one doing like the embroider, the embroidery. And like, yeah. even now with our, even now with our industrial embroidery machines and a, and a full-time person, one person with four industrial machines, they can do about 18 an hour. That's like a, a good average. So she had one person, one tiny at-home machine. She's probably doing like two an hour. So if we had like eight or- orders, we take her like four hours. So yeah, she had to take a lot of days off. She, uh, the subs, the substitute teacher was, uh, 
kind of like an interim at her class at towards the end of the year. Yeah. But that's just so cool. Like, you know, making that, having the idea and then, um, you know, and, and also again, you know, being up in Philly monograms were a thing, but not nearly the thing that they are here in the Southeast and just pursuing that idea. And then, yeah, taking the sick days, which, you know, I, I, I find it funny. <laughs> um, but that's just, that's so cool because like, I mean, if you really want to go all in, like you, I mean, you have to go all in. So what was that conversation like when she, did she come to you one day and just say, Hey, Sean, like I'm, I'm done teaching or was it, did you suggest it? How did that work? Dude, we were just like, yeah, we got to get done with this teaching stuff. Like this is done. Like it was like a mutual it wasn't like a big deal. Like even till this day, she, she doesn't miss teaching. Like she runs the company with me. Like she is an executive here. Like she, she's, she's the operations manager basically for a while. Now, like we have that all in place. She's like, she's doing what she loves. Like she, she was not sad to, uh, to leave teaching. So it wasn't really a big discussion. Um, mm. I always give her so much credit for like, obviously like I have this ballsy attitude. Like I was spreading that to her and she never like fought, she, she was in, she was just in with, with all of it. So it was, uh, I didn't have to convince her. Like it was, it was, it was it. a lot of mutualness and, uh, it makes me like her even more. That's why I eventually married her. She's great. <laughs> I was going to say, do, do you wake up every morning, Sean? Like, thank you for buying that embroidery machine. Thank you for the <laughs> monograms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'll give her a lot of credit, but, uh, Hey, you get credit yeah, too. I mean, I mean, you had the United T's first. All right. So <laughs> and like the monogram thing, I, I'm proud of myself that, um, you know, I went to the girly side. Like I, I didn't care. Like I, I, I am obsessed with people say, do what you're passionate about. I'm passionate about like a, a, a business. Like I love having employees, having, uh, like sales, like having everything in your own hands, like all the uh, details and complications that come with like a business. Like I love that part. That's the part I'm passionate about. So as far as what the product is like, you know, that's secondary. And the monogram thing, it had a couple things. It was the personalization element means that like not anyone can just start doing it with it with the American t-shirts. Like we would have a bunch and then like, there'd be some other site that had like the same ones. And it's probably just some kid in his dorm room. So it gave us a level of, uh, of like not as easy to just compete with. So there was like a business decision in that sense, not to mention we, once we found out about how much the customers love monograms, like repeat customers, like, so like b- between like the, the, the level of uh, like protection, as far as like little, a lever level higher for competition, plus the built in love for the product and, and the repeat business. It was, that was my logical sense to be like, yeah, this is actually like, seems a little bit better. This seems like a little more sustainable, something that we can like, you know, keep building towards. And like, if we are like so good at personalization and like all the logistics that come with that, like people won't be able to compete with us as easily in the t-shirt world. So it spreads us, it gives us an advantage in t-shirts. So that was my kind of my logic where I was like, and I was the one that was saying, like saying that stuff. So she had that little idea. She was like, I'm sick of embroidery. I was like, well, this business is good. So um, that's kind of like, I wasn't like, no, it was your idea and it's girly. I'm not doing it. I was like, eh, business wise, this isn't, this is good. This seems like a good business. That's awesome, man. And look, look at it today. And I think what's really cool too, Sean, like, cause what you're, you're what 30 i mean you're young we're, we're probably 32 part. 32 32 years old still very young and you know we i, I feel like most, i'm 24 i always say that i feel like i'm 24 I, like i'm 24 you, you only get old if you grow up that's my saying you know yeah, i'm 28 <laughs> but i'm like you know i'm like a little I'm like a little kid that's that's not gonna change <laughs> Ser- you know serious serious when needed uh, i guess if i had a right. label just say like serious when needed like that's that's what you there get you with ryan cass um, so, but, but I, what, what I'm getting at, man, is, you know, I think a lot of us around our age, yeah, we talk like making sacrifice, but you know, God forbid, like I have to miss a Saturday night out, but you said, screw that, screw all of it. Like I'm leaving Philly and coming here and I'm going to get rid of all my distractions and get a business, you know, really grow this business and just freaking crush it. Like you want to talk about some sacrifice. I, I can't think of too many greater than that you know, and going all in on this monogram thing too. I mean, yep. that's just ever any doubt. Um, no, what's the point? Like, what's the point of doubting? I mean, honestly, like, I don't really look at it as a sacrifice. Like I have way more fun building my company than I do going out. And I, don't get me wrong. I'm a party boy. Like I, I love to party, but like now 
we were actually going to home to for a wedding this weekend and I, it'll be like, I was never not there. Um, <laughs> so dude. And also like, I remember thinking this when I quit when I was 23 or something, like, I don't have any kids. I don't have any bill. Like this is the time to do it. Like, and uh, yeah. so no, I mean, I have obsessed over, uh, over mindset and, and books. And like, I've trained my, I've, I've learned that you can like train your mind to, to, to do certain things. And I've, trained my mind to um enjoy like struggles or challenges or doubts or like embarrassment like uh I, I very quickly recognize that emotion and then I like pick it out and I'm like ha and it's like toss it away because uh no as it's, it's, there's obviously no advantages to, to having doubts I mean there's no advantages to yeah. thinking negatively um so so no, this was all, this was all easy for me once I adapted that mindset and stuck with it and kept working on it and continue to this day to, to make that part of how I think it makes it a lot easier. Dude, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into mindset here in a sec, but while it's fresh on my mind, while it's fresh on my mind, um, you mentioned you've trained your mind to, you know, enjoy the struggles, the hardships, like that just made me think of you follow David Goggins at all or any of those guys. Dude, like, yes. I love David Goggins. So freaking Goggins, right? You talk about, nut, yeah, dude. stay hard, man. You, you talk about like enjoying struggles and training your mind to enjoy struggles. Like I just think of him and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to your bio here again. Uh, biggest obstacles that Sean Lowry has overcome. Uh, number two here. I want to talk about this going 300 K in the hole. And overcoming it. Okay, yeah. So Talk about that. Yeah. So uh moved to Charleston, apartment, start the business, got a space. Uh about a year in, year two in, we're doing really well. Bought a house. Um had a big staff. Uh I think I had like eight, nine people at the time. And uh this was like maybe 2017 to 2018 or something. Um I I'm like bold and I like to um, like deal with like my problems like afterwards a little bit. And like, you know, so I I'm learning more about this business as it goes on, the, the cycles, but like we're, it's huge around the holidays, huge around the holidays, like August uh, to actually like February are always like huge. And then it slows down a little bit. Um, but so, so I, I had a, a lot of staff for the holidays and going into the next year, January, February, um, March, I kept, I, 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 people are like hire seasonal help and stuff. I was like, no, we're going to keep growing the business. So I kept all my staff. I was planning on like doubling the business and I started running Facebook ads around this time and they were working and my revenues were very high. Like I great. So I had, so I had a growing customer base, a growing employees, growing revenues, high revenues, like a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. And, uh, I knew I wasn't making money on the bottom line and I was kind of like, you are still fresh in this business. And I was like, all right, let's see how this keeps playing out. And like, uh, kept losing a little bit of money, kept losing a little bit of money. And, um, I was like, all right, well, let's keep going. Like, let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. It all like crashed on me, um, around, April, May, which all makes sense. Cause every April, May is always like a little, like, I know that now I plan for it, like whatever. But, um, basically my problem was I didn't know my numbers very well. And although my revenues were high and we had growing customers, I was spending too much on Facebook ads. Like I was, I didn't know my, I didn't know my percentages. I wasn't. So I took out like a loan to kind of cover it for a little bit. Um, and then like, I, I, I was passionate together and then I just ran out of like credit lines and I ran out of money. And I, and so then I would just every day, little by little, I, I started like, it hit me. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm like fucked. Like I'm in so, in so much trouble. So it was like the worst thing ever. So I had like 12 employees. I had to go over there and drop it down to six. It was like terrible. Like yeah. I hated to do that. Cause the, cause they didn't do anything wrong. Like, right, I was right. like, Hey, I'm an absolute idiot. And, uh, sorry, but like half of you were fired. Like it was, so then for the next four months, yeah, it was about $300, $100,000 in the hole. And like, I was clawing for like pennies. So the business wasn't failing because well, it's in the sense of like, 
a lot of businesses fail because they don't have any sales. They don't have any customers. They're not finding a product market fit. Like that wasn't my issue. Like my issue was like the, the internal like numbers. So like I knew that I had something good still with a product in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we'd have some sales. They would like come into the bank account in the morning. And then like one of our suppliers payments would like come out of the bank account. And uh, later, so I would try to like scramble and pay off who I needed to pay to stay alive before it hit. Then the bank account would go like negative 4,000. I'd get hit with these fees. Until like the next morning when like some money would like drop in and like I was like a mad scramble every day. Like I I have a, still have a screenshot. I had like two bank accounts. It was like negative two thousand bucks, like negative like twelve thousand bucks. And then like the next day that'll like they'll like cl- the check won't clear, so like it'll be back to like zero. Plus that some money comes in, so then I can pay someone off. Then I thought, oh I don't know why the check didn't clear. So like Dang. I was in the worst financial situation, dude. It was so hideous. Like uh, yeah. I would go to, we'd go to the grocery store and like, we didn't know like these cars, like sometimes there's like, but the cars would get declined at the grocery store and like, we'd be like, Oh, sorry. Like, um, it's like, let me go out to my car and get it and like not go back. Not come back. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. And I just not come back. Like then I have to go like, all right, where, where do I have like a little bit of balance somewhere? It was so hideous, but like I should have quit because of all the logical reasons. Like I was telling my mom about this. She's like, you gotta, like, you gotta quit. Like, this is, what are you doing? Like I had this house, I had this mortgage, like mm-hmm. I ended up renting out the house, sleeping at the office. Um, wow. and I, and, uh, I just, I knew I had a good product and I knew by the time, like black Friday was here, like, I'd be happy. I kept this thing alive. But what I did over that time was like, if you, if you see like a chart of our sales, you see this like period of four or five months where like our sales really dipped but the, 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 the sales were healthy. Like the, the revenue that return on ad spend, like I learned my numbers. Like we need to have like under 25% ad spend 30s, like a little too high 35 is like, that's like terrible. So now I keep track of that on like this, on this, on the sheet. That's like the whole, all the whole company has access to like my sales team looks at it. Like everyone knows like our ad spend percentage. Now I know those numbers. So like I actually learned how to run the business like numbers wise. So then when I ramp it up, I know, I know where the lines are that I can't cross as far as right. like ad spend. Um, and actually now with this new building, I'm kind of in like a little new, like there's a new baseline, like a new expense baseline. So I'm like, just coming out of that summer months with this new building. Like I'm a little tight, like right now, like, uh, I got a big ass, uh, payroll. Um, but like, I, I was actually able to like plan for it a little bit. Cause I, and now we're picking up, but like, uh, it was ugly. It was hideous. And, um, it was, it was nasty. These bank accounts, these, but I loved it. I honestly loved it at the time. I loved it. Like I knew that this would be a good story one day to tell on a podcast. I knew that like every superhero movie, the superhero goes down at some point. I was like, this is the time. This is the time to shine. Like it's better than like, I, I'm learning the business. I'm, 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 learning how to be lean and this is going to be ultimately good. It's going to be pain in the short term. Yeah. But as I told my wife, I'm like, we're not giving up. We're going to keep going. And it was, it was, I'll never forget it. Like there's this, so we had like these two offices. One was like our main area. One was like, kind of like our old office that I kept as my office. They're right next to each other, but we had a little bed over there for when we rented out the thing. But then in the summer months, I didn't pay the, I uh, didn't have any money to pay the uh, air conditioning bill. So like the AC shut off oh, this was only one night, but this one night we had to go over to the other building cause they had AC and sleep on the floor. So like one night out of all this, like we had a bed at the <laughs> little apartment, but that was like the lowest point, like on the floor at our office, like the employees came in the next day. We're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, we um, didn't, didn't so, sleep here last night. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't mind me. And, we, yeah. and, and, and you're trying to like keep it together with it. You never want to show like, I mean, they knew like, they just want, oh, like, they just want their paychecks to clear. And then I would even have to like take away direct deposit and do their paychecks like and by paper. And I'd be like, and I'd ask a couple of QCAS this Monday, like instead of Friday, like, um, wow. It was hideous, but, uh, it was a great learning experience. I learned the numbers of my business. I, 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 it was an obstacle and it was a, a lesson in perseverance. It, it built strength, it built character. And um, if it ever happens again, I can do it again and again and again. Like, I love it. I love those. I love that moment. And, and, and I already had the right mindset for when that happened to know like this is part of growing a business. Like this is why most businesses fail because they literally fail. And like, I still had sales. I still had customers. So I just got to figure out these details and I can do it.
And uh, yeah, dang. That was, so that, that was around 2018, so about three years ago. And then, um, what was the the big turning point for you then? Well, by Black Friday of that year, yeah, like Chris, Christmas, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we were back on our feet. And then the next year, um, we started growing again and smart, more smart, you know, much more intelligently knowing. And then the next year we were growing more, we are up to like 15 employees. And then this year, uh, we got the building. Like I had enough money to put it together to get the building. So like, I just took one year to like get, get back on the feet. And then the next year was growth again. And then like the next year was like, all right, we're growing so much. We need to grow out of this building. And then like this year was like getting the building, which was a whole thing. And, um, and now I'm like kind of back to like, all right, we need a big, we need a big end of the year. Cause like, uh, I got this big payroll, I got this big building. So it's been like, you know, I've, I've been a little, a little cash tight even more recently, but I, that's where I thrive. And that's, that's, the, I could have stayed three more years at the other place and yeah. just stayed comfortable and not wanted to take another risk, but that's not what great people do. You don't stay comfortable. Like I got back on my feet. I learned from my mistakes and I took the next leap. And I always said like, and I'm ready to take another leap. Like the leaps are scary and the leaps are where the pain comes. And there's going to be a point where it's, where it's painful. And if you deal with those, then you are the one that takes the leaps and who's going to be the most successful the one that takes the most leaps. So it's like a, it's a simple formula, like leaps equals pain, deal with pain, leaps equal greatness like and, and if you factor that out it's like all you have to do learn how to do is just deal with pain and like struggle short-term struggle let's go <laughs> you know uh, dude yeah. you just you just gave me like three clips for me to chop and just tell yeah. people like hey listen to this on repeat you know because yeah, there's it's always important. Important. depending on your mindset like there is always always good that's going to come from bad like you know i don't know if you follow jocko willink at all or you know he's another oh, one i, love, that I him. Like. love him but yeah in his book extreme ownership but no i love jocko like you know he just says oh yeah like you lost all your money good well go find yeah. a way to make more like go get yeah. it back <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. you, you, had, you had to sleep on the floor at uh the warehouse you know good like make sure it doesn't yeah. happen again like find a way around it like sit, look at this time look at this storyline man it, we're going from mom's basement to Charleston to got the house. Like, hell yeah, things are going great. And then you're like, oh shit, you know, we're yeah. in trouble here. And now we're back into this massive warehouse and you know, you're like nothing. Yeah. So I don't know me. if you, I don't, I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you know this, uh, that I, I, it was like a, we bought like a nice house, like yeah. a little out of our ballpark or like a little bit. Cause that's how I like to do it. Um, but where this building is, like I, I sold my house. I live in an apartment now. Like I had this, like our family was so upset. They loved to come visit our house. Like, uh, Were you over I was in, in this like, tiny apartment. Uh, no, I was in, I was in, uh, John's Island in this like new okay. development. Yeah. J. I. Um, is awesome. Yeah. And now I'm in Daniel Island. So like the commute, I'm a commute snob cause I work so much, but also like the, since I bought that big house, I sold it for like a good profit. And some of that money went towards the payment for the building. So like for the commute reason, but also for the money reason. So now we downsize again. So now we're in this like little apartment and we kind of like hate it. We're like, uh, but that's what we needed to do to get this building. So like now we own the building, but we don't have a nice house. So maybe like in a couple a year or two, we get a house and have the building. Uh, but it's like these, I always am down to like go down to go up and, It'll happen. and it keeps the life yeah. fun. And, and, like and, fun. and you've got the mindset where, I mean, you, you know, like, I mean, you already said it, but it's just temporary, like, yeah. you know, it, and whatever, what, what's a little, what's a little short-term struggle. Right. And, uh, what's, what's staying in an apartment, what's staying in an apartment when you've slept on the floor before or in your mom's yeah. basement. So this ain't nothing, <laughs> man. So what, what yeah. is it, Sean, that you think is, you know, just what has influenced you to have such a strong mindset? Is it, you know, the books is it a certain book is it a mentor like growing up growing through certain things i'm always curious with people that have very strong mindsets like what uh what did it for them i love the conversation of uh like nature versus nurture and my mom always says like when i was born i was kind of like a happy kid i was kind of like always kind of positive I, so i think i have like a little bit of natural proclivity towards like op optimism and positivity I don't know though. That's, that's uncalculable, but dude, my life changed when I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. Let's see it. I know you got it there. I hear dude, I literally around 19 years old, 
My life was one way before I read that book. And my life was one way after I read that book. That book, I think it, it, it's, the book is amazing. It is. But it's also yeah. had to do with like the timing of my life. Plus that, like it was just, um, dude, after I read that book, I started. Re- so I got obsessed with knowledge for a while. I got mm-hmm. obsessed with knowledge. I would actually like um, go to Barnes and Noble and, uh, and I, I didn't want to buy the books because I was too cheap, didn't have a lot of money. So I would like, <laughs> I would start reading, I would read, I would start reading a book at the Barnes and Noble. Then I would bookmark it and I would go put the book like in the back of the other books. And I'd come back the next day and pick it out, like pick up where I left off. And I would spend like, I spent like this one whole summer, like at Barnes and Noble, just like reading every book they had there about business and entrepreneurship. So yeah, all those things talk about mindset. Like, so yeah. I was attracted to it and, and, and and then I read about it and then like, yeah, I don't know. Freaking I just, love it. What are some of your favorites yeah. besides Think and Grow Rich? Like just a couple that come to mind. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Um, there's this one that was, it's called like The Millionaire Next Door or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that, that Dude, I, I like that book. That book was incredible. Um, I read this one called uh, uh, Bootstrap Entrepreneur or something like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I, 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 read, I read some books now. I try to keep reading, but like I am... I do get like a little bored by them because I kind of understand the concepts like that. Mm-hmm. But the, during that state, during that stage, um, like every book I read, I was like, whoa, whoa. I remember this one uh, autobiography or not autobiography, a biography of Milton Hershey. He, he was the Hershey candy man. Dude, he's got an amazing story. So then I was like, wow. So I started reading a lot of biographies. I read his biography. I read Ted Turner's biography. Um, I'm sure I read Steve Jobs, like biography, like oh, yeah. I, any biography, any biography I could get my hands on. Cause like, those are, those are great. Like, like one person, but like, you see it, how they did it. Right. Uh, dude, um, I feel like I should be able to rattle off more, but, uh, yeah, like you got a lot of things going on. Got a lot of t-shirts probably, to the, make. Seven, no, the, the, the seven, the seven, uh, highly effective habits of people or whatever that yep, one is. Yep. Covey. Um, yep. All those, like all of them, dude. Yeah. Like all. Yeah. Them, like, yeah. You've read them all. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. Underlying theme is pretty similar in a lot, but yeah, um, exactly. Usually there's like that, just one like piece of unique information from, from each that yes. you kind of pick out. Um, Definitely. that's, that's my favorite part about reading all these books. You know, like the, a lot of the principles are the same, but there's something that you can pull from each. And, Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and like, if you continue to read, like, it's just, it's, you need a refresher. It's like, you need an exercise. Yeah. You can't just like, like, I think about this mindset stuff all the time. Still, it's one of the reasons I started my podcast to continue the conversation. Like, yes, it's ingrained in me, but like, I can't take that for granted. Like there's that one quote. It's like uh, motivation is like a shower. You, you need to do it daily. Like, like yeah. Like you have to, you have to stick with it. You have to stick with it. And um, yeah. so yes, they're, they're, they are very common. I don't read as much as I used to, but I do still consume as much as I used to. Um, and I think that's important because it, it can fade off. One of my, you know, speaking of think and grow rich and, you know, I, like you saw before we started this, I, I highlight and write down notes and books and everything and just I write a ton of things down. Um, but kind of one of the themes that I'm hearing here, and I want you to talk about this a little bit, but one thing that I highlighted, and if y'all have not read this book, highly recommend it. Um, and this is from page 187. Riches do not respond to wishes. They only respond, they respond only to definite plans backed by definite desires through constant persistence. And I'm hearing a lot of that through you, man. Like you've persisted through so much. Um, You're continuing to grow the business. So really that's leading me into my next question of, you know, this United Monograms and where you are today, Sean, it's not from, it's not from luck. I mean, you're putting in the work. I know you're freaking grinding. You're, you're, uh, sure you have lots of 12 15 18 hour days 20 hour days whatever the case may be so you know what's the future for the business and how do you track that you know do you have a vision board a goal board like you said you're already ready to take the next leap into the uncomfortable world so curious like what does that look like for you that's a good question and i think about all the time about that um that definite of purpose like i understand that principle very much like uh you know, believe something, say it over and over. The more specific, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, like I haven't done that that well. Like, I feel like I have the definite vision in my head of like, okay, I want to start a clothing business. It's going to be production. We're going to do the production. I, I, I need big, a lot of people. I need a big building. And like, I, I, so, so now I'm kind of like, 
the monogram business is going great. Like we're, we should, I, I hope to get to eight figures this year. Uh, it's probably like has a cap though, at like maybe like a 50 million a year or something like that. There's a ceiling on, on the, on the, on the business, but so there's other, so, um, we, we do personalized clothing really well. We do clothing really well. Like we have printers, shirts, embroiders. We can do anything. We could create a whole site. So I'm actually now I'm interested in other business models. Like, uh, my wife wants to do this like a uh, boutique thing where it's like, you only have a certain amount of stock. We do it for monograms, but like she wants to like kind of make another site. Like we don't want to sell non-monogram stuff on the site because like, this is a monogram site and it's kind of like limiting a little bit. So like the reason the business is called Lowry Brands is we had United Tees, which is still active. Uh, it's probably got like $3,000 in sales this year. It's not very, <laughs> not much going on there. Yeah. Um, we have a couple other Shopify sites. Uh, like I'm open-minded to other business models that we can use our production to fulfill. Like I, I like the business model of um, like, Cash, you wanted to sell merch, but you didn't want to do the production. Like there's, there's some sites like that, like Teespring, but basically like fulfillment for, for other people who are selling individual items. Like I like that business model. Like um, I, I want to keep, as we've like finally got to this point where we now have a, like a, an operations manager, we have two people and me, three people total that are on the sales team. And we're actually doing it full time for years. We never were in that situation. Like we, for probably four months, even less, have finally had three full people working on sales full times and it's going great. And I don't want to like start spreading our attention uh, just yet. I'm a little like nervous to start like taking this three of us and like doing other brands, kind of losing our attention towards the one. So I'm slowly, surely, and without an exact plan, like kind of, kind of, kind of seeing how it plays out a little bit. Um, And we're still growing the monogram business every single year. Mm. So we have, and we have the people and the facilities and the shipping and the production and the internal mm. processes and the, and the, the systems of the files and automation and everything set up. And there's a lot of things we could throw into that mm-hmm. and, um, and fulfill. So I'm at the point now where I'm starting to be a little open to those ideas. Uh, and which is like, not exactly what uh, Napoleon Hill says. You know, he says have a definite plan, but sometimes I like to, I know what I'm doing and I like like the monogram thing. I know I've been known for years. That's what we want to build. We want to do And there's still a lot of room for growth there. But on that, and I, and I know that I want to be bigger. I know that I want to, I'm not going to be happy with 10 million a year. I know that. Um, but I like take that advice. And sometimes I like, like to hover for a little bit, like even with my podcast, I'm essentially doing my podcast, like, uh, as a passion project, something new for fun since I had a little extra time. Like I'm not making any money from it. And I've been doing it for like a hundred episodes, like a year. I've had some big people. I I love doing it. And it's one of those things that's like almost like a mental exercise. Like I just enjoy even the conversation we're having now. I enjoy doing it. So it says, I, but what, what, I don't know, uh, like exactly what my end game was that. And like, so now I have another person on the team. We're actually producing someone else's podcast. And we're kind of thinking about, building the studio here, kind of turning it into a media company. Um, like, you know, having like a content production studio that we could also use for United monograms. And this stuff is like kind of slowly coming to me, but so I'm kind of like, I have my exact vision for United monograms. And then I'm kind of doing some other things and like hovering around. And then I trust myself to know when to attack and when to like write that down on a piece of paper, say it in my head every single day and go for it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, um, like to attack that thing without like incredible certainty. Now I kind of did that with the t-shirts, but even with the t-shirts, listen, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started with t-shirts, like kind of like now I'm just starting with the podcast and seeing where it's going. Like I started with t-shirts and then I did this and I did that and I did that and then I did that. And then it kind of came to me through a million different hustle things. Boom, this monogram opening. I wouldn't have been able to see that opportunity if I didn't kind of have my feet in that door. But when I saw it, then I was like, okay, that's my net, that's my ten million dollar business is. right there. Yep. Yeah, and that was like only five years ago. We're almost there. So like, and I've been hyper focused, like using the principles from Drink and Go Rich on that. Now on the mean in the side, I'm kind of hovering right now with this like this podcasting stuff, the content production, um, and I'm and I'm in a hover stage there. So I think start something, hover, look for the opportunity, and when you see it, then you go the like, then. And you'll, and like, I don't know, I trust my intuition and, and maybe other people need to learn their, to trust their intuition or like 
you got to learn to trust yourself. Like maybe you shouldn't trust yourself. I don't know, but I trust my intuition to, to know like, zoom, there's my, so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like a running back. You hand me the ball, I'm looking for the hole. I'm looking for the hole. I'm doing a spin. I see the hole. Then I'm in for a touchdown. So like, it's hard to know what business to start. If you want to be an entrepreneur, it's hard to know exactly who your market is, what you're selling to them, how you're selling it to them. But like, you're not going to know by, by not starting. So like, I agree with the principles of that, but it's hard to get to that exact point. If you don't like start, you need to get in the game to be able to know how you're going to beat the game. You can't beat the game without knowing what game you're in. So like right. start hover. And, and, and then in that sense, the vision can be like, I know that I want to be, I've always done the Napoleon Hill thing. Like, I know I always want to work. I never want to retire. I don't want to spend my time on the beach. I always want to be working no matter how old I am. I love hard work. I've ingrained that into myself through the principles taught in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I train my mind to do things I wanted to do through the principles in that book. Um, but I don't have like a, an exact plan for who I'm going to be when I'm 55 identically to, to yeah. a T like he says to do in that book, but I will. Um, so I can, like I can appreciate that. that though. Like I, I, yeah, I appreciate the, that insight too, because, you know, I think most people would probably expect, okay, I asked that question. And then because of, you know, all the success, you, success you've had that you'd have like this step one, two, three answer, but you know, you've got United monograms, it's doing so well and there's still some runway. So yeah, you want to get up to eight figure number. Um, and you've got the confidence that that's going to happen. I'm sure it, it it's going to happen. You got to say Definitely. it, right? You know, that's in the book. Definitely. Too. You got to speak it. You got to speak things into existence. But um, right. but then on, on the flip, you know, it's like, okay, I know that I have this. What I'm hearing from you say is I know I have this ability to, you know, grow a business and a brand. And I don't know which one it's going to be yet, but I'm going to find it and I'm going to freaking crush it. Right. And like, and that's kind of my what I'm, that's kind of what I'm doing right now with the Napoleon Hill strategy of like, uh, that's like, that's the point I'm at. Like, I'm going to, um, like, I'm telling myself I'm going to find it. Like I'm telling myself I'm going to find it. And like, I know I will. And and like, I already, I already have something great going. So like, I use the principle from that book all the time. And like, I train myself. Um, but that book, like, I just know that book talks about being so specific. I'm going to yeah. make $404,000 a year in the service of financial industries. My house will look like this. I'll be wearing a red shirt. Like, and I do that on like little levels to, to, to get to the big one. But like, that's why you got to respect like Elon Musk. Like I will be an interplanetary species and you can even see it through, you know, Gary V. Oh yeah. Um, of oh, course, yeah. of course. Everyone like, he's, I, I like love Gary V so much that I like hate him now because I love him so much. But his thing is like, I will own the New York Jets one day. Yep. Like it's that, it's that thing. It's that, it's that end goal that like is awesome, admirable, honorable. Like that's the desire that you keep fighting towards. And I guess like, I kind of need one, but I know I want to be like amazing, like something epic, but that's not good enough. The book would say just, I want to be super rich, successful, known and leave a great legacy. That's not specific enough. And I'm aware of that. Um, So I'm still young and, um, but dude, everyone should read that book. The principles are so powerful. They What's your other? What else you got are. bookmarked in there? What else you got bookmarked? Oh in there man! Like, like? Let's see. Let's see another one. Um, it's actually earlier in the book. I've got yeah. There's the self confidence formula. I uh, I wrote a lot of stuff down there. Um, let's see. What was one? I was gonna bring this one up, um, but here the law of auto suggestion. So mm. if you think. This is on page 55 for those that have not read the book. Um, if you think you are beaten, you are. If you, th- <clears throat> if you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but you think you can't, it is almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're, lo- you're lost. For out of the world we find, success begins with a person's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but soon or late, the one who wins is the one who thinks he can. Dude, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. I'm fired up, Some man. people... I'm going to go for another run be... today. <laughs> I ran this morning. Let's I'm going to go. go run again. <laughs> Let's go, baby. And like yeah. some people who are haters, some people who are haters, they might be like, 
oh yeah, think it and it'll come true. Sure it will. But like, then those are the type of people that'll be like, like some night they'll have a couple of drinks and they'll be like so confident that that they'll post like I'm the greatest or whatever. And then like the next day wakes up, they're like, and they're like, I'm not. Like it's that's why it's like it doesn't happen overnight. It's a practice. So yep. when it says like think that I can actually like be great, be a millionaire. That's so true, but it, it's not in a day. It's in like a period of time. It's in like it's blocking off a doubt every time you have a doubt. And then it's like, it becomes internal. My, my favorite thing about that book, tell me the, the subconscious mind and the, uh, and the, uh, prefrontal, the prefrontal yep. cortex. And prefrontal like, cortex. Yep. Right. The, this controls your waking thoughts, the front of your head and the yep. back of your mind, you can't control it. And you have to convince the back of your mind to be true for you to actually believe it. The yep. front of the mind can fake it. The back of the mind can't fake it. And if you convince the back of the mind, it starts to take over your like actions. It starts to take over how you act, how you respond to You're things. Like it, you start to become that person. So if you envision yourself as a millionaire, like you'll start to become one. And the, and the beauty is, this is like my favorite thing from the book. The, the, the front of your brain is, is very rational. If it sees, it has to see something to believe it. It has mm -hmm. to see it over and over to believe it. But scientifically proven, the front of your brain does not know the difference between actually seeing something and just closing your eyes and imagining something. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. So if you close your eyes and imagine something enough, that is good enough to convince your subconscious mind that it's true. Yeah. That is the power, man. Oh, That's it's incredible. Man. Oh, dude, we can go all day on, on, you know, subconscious mind. Everyone read the book. Yeah. Just read the book. But yeah. Like, and then even to like, tell you like, yeah, I have stuff all over my house, all this motivational stuff. My, my new mouse pad is, it says I can, and I will like, watch me. Um, <laughs> like just, even just know. the, even just the act of you being a person who has that stuff around your house you're yeah. like setting up uh, expectation for yourself and the company. And like, that's the type of person you are. So now you have to like hold up to that. And that's, that's, and that's great. That's a great strategy. Right. So I want to get into the leadership piece. So you, you taught yourself, you know, everything about the business. You've got employees now, what, 17, 20, something like that? 17, 18. 17. Yeah, 18. So, you know, we just I, talked a lot I, about- I, I got to look, something like that. We just yeah. talked a lot about these these mindset principles and, and whatnot. So I'm curious, like, how do you use that to to inspire your team? What are some things, like, as a leader that, you know, like, what are your core values or, you know, how do you lead your team? And I'm curious too, have they all read this book? Is that required no. reading for your employees? Like, no, uh, I, I wish. Um, so, <laughs> well, a lot of my employees are like, hourly like production workers and stuff like uh, that. Okay. And we've gotcha. got a, such a great team right now, but like, yeah. I don't want all of them to all go quit and start their own business. Oh um, yeah, that's true. Well, they, yeah, they, they, I mean, they can, they can become rich through, 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 uh, course, United yeah. and, and all my, like my closer people, all operations manager, I, I have had them write like read books and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But dude, employees are the craziest thing about being an entrepreneur. Like it's insane. Like you, there's certain stages in entrepreneur. It's like quit your job, have enough money to live. And like, that's where you have to decide, are you going to have the dream of like living on the beach, doing something on the computer? The, one of the biggest misconceptions is, oh, it's going to get easier when I have employees. Cause like, they'll do the work. Like you just have to tell them what to do. Like, dude, are you crazy? Yeah. Imagine nice, you, the nice person try. listening, imagine you, the person listening, you get the work, your boss isn't there yet. And your boss shows up whenever he's in his Tommy Bahama shirt. And then like, he leaves before you, are you going to um, work as hard as you can. No. Why would well, I? No, what are you stupid? Yeah. Like yeah. the number one th uh, way that I motivate like my employees uh, or have them like take the job seriously is just by making sure that they know that I'm the hardest working person there. Like lead by example. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm always there. Like I, I, they know I, I stay late. They know I'm like, they don't really, I'm at a point now where it's like, wow, like I don't even interact with all my employees every day. I have an operations manager. Like it's, it's incredible to get to this point. But um, like that is, if, if, if they knew I was, I, I, I'll never let them like see me in like gym shorts. I'll never let them, like I am always on my, uh, my, my, my best front. I'm always, I'm, I'm trying to impress them every day. I work for them. I, I care about them. Like I, have a, a, a company meeting every three months. And 
with the employees that I don't see every day, I meet with every single employee for like an hour. Like I just talk with them, like, oh, like uh, everything about their lives. Like, uh, what's important to you? Like anything, like small talk, like what's your, what's your motivation? Like, who do you, what, what, like I get to know, like, I care about them. I talk to them and they appreciate that. And, uh, you know, yeah. my, my higher up people I talk to much more often, but like, that's at least four times a year at the very least where I have like a hardcore talk with like every single one of my employees mm -hmm. and they appreciate that. And then I know where they're all at. Like I know now I look at their punches, like their clock in punches. They all put in numbers every day. I can see the performances like on a scale. Like uh, we keep these little stats, like hourly averages and stuff like that. Um, and I have an operations manager who's kind of in charge of that. And I'm kind of in charge of him. Um, but it's such a misconception to think that like hire people and you're good. Like they don't, they won't have no motivation to work hard. Like, why should they, like, they should do the minimum amount of work for money. Like you have to motivate them through like one, like, yo, this is serious. Like you can't just mess around. Like, and, and that's just through hiring the right people. And like, also the attitude that, um, I think the most important thing for a new employee is their first, their first five minutes when they walk in the door, like hmm. they want to feel welcome. They want to feel like this is a good environment. You set the tone. If they see someone else like slacking off, like, oh, okay, this is the type of place where we slack off. You can never get back those first five to 10 minutes. Every time we have a new employee now, we put their name on the TV. We welcome them. We all like, uh, like the top people all say hi. Then we go around and introduce them to each person. Take like, we spend a lot of time because we noticed. That's awesome. You take that when you take that first hour to really make them feel important, make sure they feel like they know what's going on it's like black and white versus like, like it's one of the employee we had at the new building. Like we've kind of forgot to do that. Cause we were like, just getting settled in the new building. She quit after like four days. Like, and I don't even blame her. Like, um, so you got to set that expectation, but like, and then, and then you, you just have to have that culture. You have to have that culture of like hard work. Um, and that's, and that's just set through the, the peers. It's really through the peers. Like mm -hmm. the worst thing that can happen in a company with employees is like, and this happened to me before, uh, you have like five employees and like two of them are friends. And then like a third one joins and like, they're kind of, they all start going out for happy hours. Fine. But then you got three friends who are like the bulk of, of your, of your five or six people team. And if there's some type of narrative that like, ah, oh, the boss sucks, work sucks. Like that's going to now spread. Like there's always someone who can be like attached to someone else being negative, but if, but if they won't be the one to be the, like the, the spark. Um, and if everyone around them positive, they'll be positive. So like, you gotta find those little, like two, three people clicks that are like a cancer growing and just cut them off. And we haven't had those for a long time because I've, I've learned that you can't, I watch like who's friends, who's, mm -hmm. who's chatting. What's the tone? Is it pro company? Is it, is it anti-company? And like, you know, some people are just easily like work sucks, you know, negative people. Yeah, like they'll never and be now happy. Yep. And I, and I figure that out now through the interview process or whatever, but like yep. at this point, like the culture is running the employees more than I am. And I set the culture and the culture is just like this. We're doing something special here. We're a small group of people. Everyone here is so valuable. You will work at Walmart. You miss a day. No one matters at this company. Like you are important, important piece. You're valuable. And like, we have hundreds of thousands of customers and orders going on every day. And like, you're doing that. Like, you're so important. Like I always try to like show our employees like pictures of our customers to remind them, like, since we're e-commerce, like yeah. remind them, like, these are real people. Like, um, so I'm always like using little anecdotes of, of customers and I, and I, and I show at the company meetings to just like remind them, like, we are doing something special. You're all part of it. So just through like a good culture of hard work, having the operations manager who I'm on, having numbers that are tracked. So you can like see if, if someone's like way down you're like, Hey, what's up? Um, and, and just like hiring the right people, knowing not to let those little clicks go off. Like culture is huge. And, yeah. um, and then it starts with yeah. you, you know, it starts with you. I mean, people see you every day and, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Sean, like if Sean's rolling in at 10 and bouncing at two and you know, why should I attempt to print 20 shirts today? Right. You know, right. he doesn't care. So it's I love a, it's that you a good uh, feeling. It's a, yeah. it's a good feeling for people to know that like whoever's in charge of this thing is like cares. Absolutely. You know, and, powerful hundred percent, hundred percent. And that you take the fact that you take the time to sit down with them, you know, and, and talk just about anything, anything they want really. And uh, that goes to my number one rule for leadership, you know, cause I, I lead a team. I've got 14 direct reports and my rule, the first thing I tell anyone that works for me is, 
my rule number one is people first, business second. I care about you, Sean, the person first before Sean, the employee, you know, now obviously nice. both are important, but you know, you You're do right. that and even just ask someone like, how's your day? How's your kid? How's your dog? They'll do so much for you. It's not even funny. Cause, cause you know yeah. why it's because unfortunately like the majority of people in leadership positions, you know, don't, don't do that. And I don't understand why it, it, it baffles me, but it's so simple. Yeah. It's yeah, so backwards. It's like, it's like, they work for me. They should do whatever I say. Yeah. It's like, no, no you gotta, re- you gotta reverse that. Absolutely not. You know, but Sean, man, this has been so much fun. Um, United monograms, golly. I mean, what a story. And again, we, we might have to have another recording just to talk about mindset. Cause I could, <laughs> we could probably talk about this book, think and grow rich for two hours oh, dude, just by yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, but how do people keep up with, with you and, and the brand and, the podcast and all the great things that you're doing. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you're a chick and you love monograms, dude, United monograms, Google it and find us Instagram. Um, if you're more of a business mindset guy, like, uh, you can follow me personally. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my YouTube, Sean Lowry, uh, follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I, I'm always like kind of trying to talk about this stuff. I have my podcast where I, I like to bring on like, uh, people and talk about, talk about these type of discussions. It never gets old to me. It's so exciting. It's so fun. And, um, yeah, Sean Lowry, Google, find me, Sean Lowry 20, uh, YouTube, Instagram. It's not that hard. a blast. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've, I've enjoyed keeping up with it and, you know, look forward to keeping in touch. Um, clearly not the last time we're gonna, we're gonna chat. And especially since we're both here in Charleston, um, yeah, dude. look forward to meeting up at some point. So hell yeah, uh, folks, um, learned a ton from Sean today. If you're wanting to start a business, you're not going to know everything right off the bat, but just go ahead and get started. Believe in yourself. You will grow from struggles as Sean has. And uh, folks, just take these things into account and you are going to win today. Thanks so much for tuning in.